0: Hi there, and welcome to a very special fantasy-focused baseball coming to you live on Thursday night. You're not listening to it live, but it's Thursday night right now for me, Eric Carabel, him, Tristan H. Cockroft, and Kyle Soppy. researchers and producers. And as I'm saying this, Max Scherzer is about to throw the very first pitch of the Major League season in 2020, a very interesting season. Uh, He'll throw the pitch to Aaron Hicks, and here it comes right now. And it's a home run. No. Uh,
1: (laughs) But this year it would be very fitting if it was a wild pitch.
0: (laughs) So they called it a ball. And uh, so what we're going to do now for the next uh, half hour or so is talk some baseball because, frankly, a whole podcast worth of stuff happened since our Thursday morning podcast. Um, MLB changed its playoff structure. One of the best, a first round pick uh, comes down with the virus and is not playing in this Nationals Yankees game. And one of the best pitchers in baseball and a future Hall of Famer goes on the injured list just three hours before he makes his season debut, and he's only one of the best um, opening day pitchers of all time. In fact, he might be the number one guy. I saw that on a a graphic earlier today. Anyway, Tristan, how are you? Kyle, how are you? You missed
1: missed the big news of the day. How do do you bury the lead? What's that? The Kraken was released.
2: I do like that logo. (laughs)
0: That I, is, I,
1: I digress it's, I good it. logo.
0: <laughs> it's it's a cool logo it's a cool team name it's a lot better than the nfl washington name which is to be named later uh, um so uh, just so you know what to expect we have enough news to do a whole show but we're also going to talk about what's happening in this baseball game for the first you know whatever you know half hour and a couple innings or so uh, we're going to go over some of the lineups uh, we're going to do a DFS, a special Kyle Talks DFS segment, which is going to be something that we're going to start doing. Why don't we just yeah, start doing right now. that? The people huh? want it.
1: <laughs> the people have spoken.
0: And we have one out. Okay. All right. So I'm not going to do any more play by play. Let's get to some of the big stuff that happened, and we'll just talk about some of the stuff in this game. And um, let's start with Juan Soto, the awesome Nationals left fielder, Tristan, who um, t- tested positive for the virus. He's asymptomatic. Asymptoma- but and apparently it doesn't matter that he's been in the clubhouse with his teammates they're all playing right now so I don't really understand how this all works and frankly the city of Washington changed their law on this and if they hadn't tonight's game probably would have been canceled so a lot going on here but Soto has the virus and before the show you told me that I should take him out of my lineup so why would you take out a guy like Soto could play Monday. He could play in four Mondays. He could play this Monday. I don't know. Nobody knows. So why would you have taken him out of your lineups weekly?
1: Because nobody knows. And I think there's a very real chance you get a zero from that spot. Certainly he could come back after two negative tests. Maybe that happens over the weekend and he comes back in a couple of days. But I I think half the week at minimum is gone. And I I just wouldn't risk it. I don't risk zeros. We just, we don't really know.
0: This whole thing is a farce. I honestly, like, I hope no more Nationals test positive for this virus, but I I just, I hope everybody stays healthy because this is just a joke. Um, so anyway, I have a team with Juan Soto and Clayton Kershaw on it, and it's not going to do very well the first week.
1: I, You know, you, you bring it up at a good time because I'd love to contrast the fact that the draft I had Tuesday has the same two players on it and it was also an NL only league. So we're talking about a draft when March 1st.
0: Uh, so this is my NL labor team which uh I you know, I have no idea if it's a good team anyway because it was built for a 6 month season, not a 2 month season, but
1: I know. It's it's but I just think it's it's nutty that we we have those two players on our NL only teams. It's it's baseball. <laughs> well, so I decided
0: I decided not to bench Soto for Michael A. Taylor, in part because Michael A. Taylor is not in Washington's lineup tonight, which I thought was a little bit odd and might mean that maybe he's not the, the, the beneficiary of the playing time, um, and I'm hoping Soto plays half the week. Um, we'll get to Kershaw in a second. Kyle, what are your thoughts here on Juan Soto? Because, like As Tristan mentioned, we don't know when he's going to play again. But from a DFS angle, it's obvious what you do. You take him out of your lineup right away. And Andrew Stevenson would have been a good – well, not a good play. He's still facing Garrett Cole tonight.
2: A good value maybe. But And that's part of the news. And that's why I think DFS can be interesting this year because you're going to have so much news coming down late like this. If you set a lineup this morning, it was completely different by the time <laughs> you know, we got to first pitch. But for a yeah. season long, what are you doing – like are you going to – if you have Soto, would you deal him because it's like – he might miss a quarter of the season. Would you trade for him and try to get him on the cheap? And, like, well, how, there's got to be an avenue to do this, to take advantage, to leverage the unknown. But how, how would you do it?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I can tell you this in NL Labor, I'm not trading him away. Um, I'm not, nobody's going to offer me an, a comparable $35 player. And I think I do feel comfortable trading for him because he's asymptomatic. He just passed the test two days ago. Like, I really think he's coming back soon. I I hope at least. Patristan, you probably would do something totally different and win.
1: No, I. Frankly, I think you're you're stuck for the duration. You see, you're waiting this out. Uh, Any, I mean, this is really not much different from um what would be considered a minor day-to-day in-game injury that lands you on the 10-day dl nobody wants to trade for a player like that you're going to get what 40 cents on the dollar for for players like that and trade i i think you just wait it out
0: i'm going. how how is soto different than anthony rendon right now in the sense that i don't know when either one of them are going to play but they both might play sunday or monday yeah that's different
1: and 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 I think that's a great point. It's, it's to me, our reaction should be the same as Rendon in drafts. And a, a good friend of mine was texting me through his entire draft. Uh, it was la- last night, actually. And he kept asking me, why is Anthony Rendon falling? And I said, it's because people are completely panicky over potential DL or IL moves. And they shouldn't be. This is why I think you might as well just
0: sit, sit back and wait. If you were d- going to update your rankings tonight. That's what I was asking would you move Soto out of round one?
1: Yeah, it's just because it's 60 games. But, I mean, that would be – if I had him seventh now, he'd be 11th, 12th. I'd take Arenado over him.
0: I guess that's fair. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, let's discuss Washington. Andrew Stevenson is a left-handed hitter, and Michael A. Taylor is a right-handed hitter. Maybe that's part of this, but neither one of them are going to bat at the top. Oh, boy, we have runs uh we're gonna get to that oh look, yeah that, that I, is a, uh,
1: got him active
0: that is a long home run that John Carlos Stan just blasted off were with Aaron Judge on base oh, um wow. and the ball just sits there I I guess I look like I'm not so smart because I said I wouldn't I, I wasn't drafting John Carlos Stan this season one game
1: one at bat it's one game one at bat don't do it I don't. would
0: sell
2: high I, like, I don't You're you have sell to- high in the first inning? Since nine pitches into the game,
1: and there, Eric is spot on to the trade reaction. That yes, if you could sell high off of that, go ahead, and you might be able to.
2: Aaron Judge for Juan Soto. What side? Soto easily. Soto. Soto. Me too. But
0: like my point here on Stanton is uh, maybe he th- homers two more times the rest of the game, but nothing's changed. He's still brittle. Uh, to me. So, I don't know. I I would not – I'd be careful here. Like, first of all, anybody that's got John Coe Stanton obviously believed in him, and they're not going to trade him away anyway. But let's get back briefly to the lineups here, the Washington lineup, and then we'll do the night game after this. So, Washington's lineup, Tristan, doesn't have Soto in it. Um, I assume what they did is they moved up – they moved Starlin Castro, I guess, into the number three spot because I think Howie Kendrick all along was going to hit cleanup, and I love Howie Kendrick this season. And then they moved everybody else up a little bit. So Turner, Eaton, Castro, this is good news for Sterling Castro. The fact that they want to bat him third and leave Kendrick alone um, is very interesting here. I hadn't really considered Sterling Castro much of a fantasy option in a standard league. And the rest of the lineup, Suzuki's playing as Drupal at third base instead of Carter Keeboom. Why is that happening? Is it because it's Garrett Cole? What are your thoughts on Washington's lineup?
1: So my guess would be that that is a righty-lefty thing, that just because it's Garrett Cole, they're using as dribble Cabrera over Carter Geboom. I do think we'll see that happen on occasion, especially against tougher players like this. I also think that's why Stevenson's in left field over Michael Taylor. I have a hunch they'll righty-lefty it. And, you know, against Cole, a lot of teams tend to do this. This is what would happen with Chris Sale, where you throw the righty who crushes lefties in and you just uh, manipulate the matchups. I think, I agree with you, Eric. This is very good news for Starlin Castro. The fact that he's playing against right-handed pitchers like this, it's good news that Castro's batting three and Kendrick's batting four.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, they could have done a lot of things with that lineup. They could have moved just Kendrick up. And I assume that even though Soto bats left-handed, that Trey Turner was still the leadoff hitter, and they would have Eaton and Soto connect a consecutive uh, lefties. Although, you know, it's also possible Soto was going to clean up in Kendrick fifth. I guess they could have go righty-lefty all, all the
1: Or it could have been Kendrick three, Soto four, and then drop down Castro into the sixth spot where Suzuki is. That's probably the way I would have built it. All
0: right, so that's Washington's lineup. The Yankee lineup, Hicks, and they've already scored a couple. Hicks is leading off. No DJ LeMayhew. Um, As a Yankee fan and a fantasy manager, are you concerned or is it just like maybe one day he'll be back Saturday? I, I
1: I, I think it's probably he just wasn't physically ready for this game. They did activate him from the IL and put him on the roster. Um, we, we can get another players like that. I'll throw Roberto Asuna made his particular roster. Uh, so I, I think it might just be they wanted to get him on there, didn't want to IL them, and we'll see him in tomorrow. Or uh, uh, Saturday, Saturday.
0: Saturday, yeah. Um, so I would assume LeMay would lead off and Aaron Hicks would move down to like seventh in the lineup, something like that, maybe eighth. And, they is they might mix and match
1: a Yeah, They might mix, mix and match a little, but I think that's usually going to be the lineup, yeah.
0: So what's the point of... Of From a metrician's viewpoint, of splitting Judge and Stanton with a right-handed batter. Now, you want to have your best guys batting second and fourth, but one could argue Glaber Torres is right there with those guys. I mean, Gleyber Torres is going earlier than Judge and Stanton in fantasy leagues. So what's the reasoning, you think, behind this lineup the way it is, Judge, Torres, Stanton, and Brett Gardner, oddly enough, hitting fifth?
1: My only theory on that, just from watching the Yankees following this team, is that they didn't want to put two high-strikeout, power-oriented righty bats together, because then that would put you at a disadvantage in the late innings against the power-ready relievers.
0: Okay. And Brett Carter hitting fifth and Gary Sanchez sixth, that doesn't seem odd to you?
1: That is odd to me. The only theory I have there is that the Yankees are looking at like that, that sabermetric angle where you want the on-base guy, then the, the contact or power guy, and so on and so forth, that they want to cycle the lineup around by trios.
0: Okay. Um, Should we, in an AL only, knowing LeMayu's health, is Tyler Wade worth thinking about? I mean, I understand it's just probably one game, but, you know, who knows? I mean, you get the virus once, you could get it again. You could be fatigued for a while. A guy gets hurt. I mean, Tyler Wade is their starting second baseman. He's batting ninth, so that's not exactly good. But he's a guy who can steal base. Is there anything there from AL only? And are you worried about, if you're drafting this weekend, would you worry about LeMahieu or no?
1: No, I actually think this might be a good opportunity to get him on the cheap because he's not in the opening day lineup. I don't think there's anything there with Wade. Now, look, Pete, we've been waiting a while for him to put forth the batting average on base production that people expected two or three years ago. It just hasn't happened yet. I I don't think there's anything there.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Um, So the Yankees scored their two runs in the first inning. And now, uh, as we're speaking, Trey Turner is at the plate. And Garrett Cole throws one almost at his hands. And I think I have Turner in a, a few leagues and I'm like, oh, don't break another finger. He broke his finger, it was it last year trying to bunt? I think on a sacrifice bunt against the Phillies. I think I remember I think that. Was.
1: Yeah, I think it was.
0: It was early in the season. It was like the first week or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it was the first month of the season. I, I don't returned, even know.
1: He returned quickly too.
0: Probably too quickly. And then his finger was still busted, right? Like he only used like he used one less finger the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. That's how good Trey Turner is. Anyway, those are the lineups there. Um, let's get, because I still want to get to the playoff format. I I, I just can't believe that. Uh, so Clayton Kershaw goes in the injury list with a back injury. And this is the point I was trying to make all along about John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge. If you're brittle, you're going to be brittle in a 60-game season. And Clayton Kershaw just proved it three hours before his game started by going in the injury list with back problems. And we didn't even know his back was hurting. This just re- it reinforces this. If I had stand in a league, I would trade him right now. And now for Kershaw, let's assume he's out for the next what is it, three outings at least? Two for sure.
1: It's two for sure. I think I think mathematically he could come back at the back end of the second turn of the rotation, but I would think this is two outings for sure. And it might be longer. It's I mean, the back has been an issue for Kershaw. You've brought it up. I tried to make the case for him. It was probably a flimsy argument, and I look terrible now. I look that that's it's Clayton Kershaw's risk factor.
0: Now, somebody might say that Eric, why did you bid on him and and a labor? And I'll answer this way: over a six month season, I was willing to take Clayton Kershaw for twenty seven starts. Okay, to me, with an ERA uh, under three and a great whip, great strikeouts, I was okay with that. But in a two month season, if he's missing a quarter of that, Not even the closely the same. Now, he falls so far down my rankings. Soto doesn't. Kershaw does. I probably have Kershaw. Kershaw. I have Kershaw, the number 10 starter. He's probably out of the top 20 now, right?
2: What did you say?
1: He's probably out of the top 20. Kyle, you don't have the drops for name game, do you? I
2: don't, but I just want to fire names at you. This is interesting to me. Where you would put Kershaw now? You want him or Bauer? That's probably the line I'm thinking. Um,
1: Bauer over him.
0: Bauer over him. Okay. See, the, the problem there, Okay, and again, you, you should be the one people listen to, not me. The problem there, Tristan, is that Kershaw's ERA could be a run and a half lower. So even if Kershaw makes only seven or eight starts and Bauer makes all 12 of his and gets a lot more strikeouts, the difference in ERA and whip could be a big deal. So I think... My personal line on Kershaw is going to be right around Bauer, Sonny Gray, Paxton, but you disagree.
1: And I, th- I think that's fair. That's probably where I would have him in the traditional Roto head-to-head rank set. And I, and, and, and in the Roto that you manage, I probably would also put him around that point. But I do have K-oriented, sabermetric leagues and my points league at home where Trevor Bauer graded as a top 15 fantasy starter, even with the questions if you're in a points league, he could be very underrated, and I think it's he, he's firmly ahead of Kershaw on those formats. Ooh, who's this?
0: Adam Eaton just homered. Um, wow. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to go out on a limb after 15 minutes of baseball, but the baseball is juiced again. <laughs> I think we feel good about that.
1: 406 feet for the uh, Adam Eaton, and I think I just saw it was 455
0: for Stanton. I I did not. I don't want this. I don't want. 18 home runs a game. Did you, you see p- where that ball went? Do you
1: think there's any... I, I, I'm i not a scientist here. Do you think there's anything, too, without the fans and the seats that it that the wind currents are affected at all? I no, wonder. I think,
0: I think the baseballs are a joke again, just like last year. I, I think that the drag is going to be... I mean, now, Garrett called through the ball 100 miles an hour, so anybody making contact, that's what'll happen. But, I mean, it'll go hard. <laughs> but... Come on. Adam Eaton just did that? My yeah. goodness. Wow. All right, Um. right. Let's get to some other things or else this is going to be an hour show. I, I mean, there's so much to talk about. So where would we leave off? Oh, Kershaw. So Kershaw goes on the injured list. And by the way, it's a different injured list than the one that Soto is going on. So Soto could come back in two days. Kershaw has to be out at least. It's 10 days for a pitcher, right? Or 15.
1: It is like, 10 days for all. They did. They changed it back to 10 days.
0: It went back to 10. So and I'm I'm seeing other news here too. Jake Oda Rizzi's on the injury list. Just drop him in your standard league. Eduardo Rodriguez. You know, I might consider dropping Eduardo Rodriguez in a standard league too.
1: That was uh, that was the news as a setback for him as well. Anthony DeSclafani was another who went on the IL. There was there was quite a few today. Now,
0: some of these are injuries and some of these are the virus, but I'm telling you, there's gonna be a point soon where there's gonna be players playing in a major league game that you and I have not heard of. Because of the virus,
1: there's one today that I I had not even thought of in the Giants lineup.
0: Let's all right. So let's move on to the let, let's finish up on the Dodgers here real quick. Dustin May, who was not on their roster, now is on their roster. I doubt he's going to throw more than seventy five pitches in this game. I don't know if he was if he was um, if, if he was available to throw that many pitches, but I, I, I don't think he's a very good play. I don't think he would have been a good play in DFS for that reason. But the fact that Dustin May is the starter, does that surprise you? Is that up his value? Would you draft him this weekend, whereas you might not have?
1: It. it what's. <laughs> So I'm thinking in a mindset of Tuesday night in my NL only draft where I wanted to draft him. Then the next day he got sent back down and I lowered my expectations of him for the year. And now that he's back up in this spot, I'm back to where I was on draft day, which means he's the late round dart throw. But if he's in the rotation like this and building up to be a full time starter, then, yeah, for these weekend's drafts, I might bump him up. Maybe he's an 18th, 19th, 20th round pick.
0: Yeah, let's do the name game again. As as uh, and now you're wondering why we can't play the sound of that because there's no sound. It's <laughs> basically <laughs> three people. Let's go. Kyle, mean, do it. Name, uh, name game. Name game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally.
0: Yeah, like we're in three different states right now. Not just states of being. We're in three different actual states with three different laws governing what we can do. Sure. There's no sound here. That's true, yeah. Right? I mean, like I can't go to your you can't come to my state you'd have to go back and and uh quarantine how about that
1: is your state right. on the state's list i don't even know
0: <laughs> well I, I don't think i i think pa and jersey are okay i think connecticut's a little bit different but um oh. so the dodgers lineup here is very interesting all four all four of these lineups today are, ve- are thursday i'm saying today but you know what i mean are really interesting how is jock peterson batting seventh against the right-hander. The Dodgers are splitting their lefties. They have Max Muncy first. Mookie Betts, very rich now, is batting second. And then a normal lineup after that. I can't believe they're doing that. Like, I thought Mookie Betts would lead off, didn't you?
1: Actually, I, I like Mookie Betts second. What I would be doing is shifting the three lefties, Muncy, Seager, and Peterson. I'd go Peterson at one, and I'd be putting Muncy in the five and Seager at the seven. And then I I would point at Enrique Hernandez at six against a right-hander.
0: Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Over yeah. A.J. Pollock.
1: Well, I mean, AJ Pollock against a righty, he does have a little bit of a platoon split. It's shown up in a couple of years. I, I I could see that.
0: But like, managers are so scared of batting consecutive lefties here that Enrique Hernandez is hitting ahead of Jock Peterson against a right-hander.
1: Yeah, I yeah.
0: Mean, Jock Peterson had how many thirty home runs last year?
1: And with the three batter minimum rule, I don't know why they're that worried about it.
0: I don't either. I don't and, get and, it. And and by the way, the the other lineup looks like a spring training game. <laughs> Now maybe they changed it after Kershaw left. All right, but still, this is this is hard to believe. There's a guy in left field, right field, who I mean, I know his name, but I couldn't tell you anything about Joe McCarthy, the baseball player. I'll tell you about <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> who I was referencing. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I could tell you about you know from the history books, but so Mike Isstrimski leads off against the right-hander. He might not have led off against a lefty, and, and Big Kung Fu Panda is batting third. Yeah. Um. Hunter Pence batting fifth. I, just amazing here. I, I This lineup looks like Tyler Heineman is your starting catcher. His yeah. starting catcher. So Brandon Crawford might have led. So Brandon Crawford obviously was not going to lead off because now it's a right-hander and he's still not leading off. He's batting eighth.
1: So two things for you. Is one is Joe McCarthy, great manager great manager i'm hoping he manages his heart out uh, batting in the lineup there in right field Uh, (laughs) not great minor league numbers by the way you call them up his slash lines in the minor leagues were 263 376 406 over five full seasons between the rays and the giants organizations uh the other one too is the joey bart people are disappointed not to see him in this lineup he did open some eyes in the past couple of days there were some whispers that maybe he'd get advanced
0: um, you know, I wasn't even thinking of the manager; I was thinking of the politician. <laughs> but yeah, he, him
1: too. Him too.
0: Um, I think we knew Joey Bart wasn't going to make the Giants,
2: uh, but maybe I mean, he plays
0: yeah. in September. So, um, I mean, so I, he has there's no point in doing DFS right now because it already game already was played. But, um, we don't know how long their corner infielders Brandon Belt and Evan Longoria are going to be in the disabled list. Can you make a case to draft? To spend the extra dollar on Pablo Sandoval and Wilmer Flores in an NL only this weekend?
1: Not really for Sandoval. I, uh, if it's an NL only league and I'm in the end game, desperate to fill the spot, maybe. I actually kind of like Flores. Flores, I think in our game is first and second base eligible, and the contact rate, and he has a hint of pop. It's not the right ballpark for it, but nobody really thinks of him as anything for a three four dollar bid at most. I, I'd be happy to take him.
0: Uh, and then Johnny Cueto's on the mound, and we can talk Monday if he does something great against the Dodger lineup, but probably not. Who's up at the plate? Gio Orshella. Is is that him up for the Yankees? Um, Gio
1: Orshella. Oh, no, that's, that's Luke Voigt.
0: That's um, <laughs> Luke Voigt. I knew it didn't it didn't look like so I mean I, I I did I wrote something dumb today in the Bowl prediction or on Thursday saying that I thought Luke Voigt and Gio Orshella would each hit double digit home runs this truncated season. Um is that crazy?
1: No. Nah. It's bald. I like it.
0: It's maybe cool. on Urshela. It's crazy.
1: He he had a very good year last year.
0: But you don't think it's you don't think it's it's uh, it can happen again.
1: I think it could. I think they will play him a lot. He's much better defensively at third base than Andohar. He's going to get the majority of the the. Uh,
0: I don't know why they would not
2: play Urshela every day every day at third base. Um, but
1: rest rest days.
0: Okay.
2: We got so caught up in the drop. You guys never gave me a name game for Dustin May.
0: Oh. So, um, all right. So I'm looking at Tristan's rankings here. How about Rich Hill? I... Mm. You have Rich Hill number 59 among starting pitchers.
1: Redraft okay. league, I actually would stick with Hill. All
0: right. How about Dustin May versus Jake Odorizzi now?
1: Now I'd take Dustin May.
0: But there's no guarantee that May makes any starts after the after Kershaw comes off to of the L.
1: I like him a lot. I think if he's on the Dodgers roster and this is how he sticks, he can give you two to four high-quality middle relief innings, and that's the kind of guy I want this year.
0: Dustin May and um, Garrett Richards.
1: May. All
0: right, so you like May more than I expected. May or Kent and Maeda?
1: Maeda by a good amount. I like Maeda a lot.
0: All right, well, uh, based on your rankings here, then – it's May versus Joe Musgrove. You're drafting this weekend.
1: i take Musgrove. I also like Musgrove a lot.
0: Okay. All right. Well, you've got Musgrove at 51 and Rich Hill at 59. So that's probably it's somewhere in that region there, I guess. Yeah. Um,
1: 60 sounds like a good number to start. So, I yeah, think.
0: I would agree with that. Um, all right. Uh, what? Oh, so we need to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Do it. I, I, if, I, if, I, if you were in a fantasy league with me, OK, and I was the commissioner and I emailed you three. I emailed the league three hours before the first game of the season and said, I'm changing the playoff structure. You would have a baby like, like everybody in the league would. <laughs> I mean, come on. Now, I understand this is a little bit different because um, it's a crazy season. It's truncated. And I'm sure that baseball knew this could happen. But like, how could the Dodgers and Yankees want this? They can't right? I mean, because they were going to make the playoffs anyway with the normal teams. Anyway, baseball just totally changed their structure. And you can tell me it's only for this year, Eric. It's not only for this year. None of this is for just this year, Tristan. None of it. The DH is going to happen forever. The three-batter rule, the the runner on second base, and we're going to have more than half of the MLB teams are going to be in the playoffs every year. Now, I would say for fantasy purposes, why is this relevant? There's going to be fewer trades at the deadline on August 31st, and um, more teams will try, which is good. And now you've got the Tigers and the Marlins thinking, hey, maybe we can make the playoffs. Maybe Casey Myers and Sixto Sanchez should be promoted. So I do think this playoff format, while ridiculous, could be good for fantasy baseball.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a mouthful here. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we found out about this three – four hours ago, maybe. And it's a lot to take in. And I agree with you. I think those are the fantasy takeaways. I really hate to assume that everything is put into place as an experimental thing, especially when it was said, this is only for this year. And then we assume it is going year over year. But you're right. That is the way that MLB is typically operated with these things. And when have you added more teams to the playoff and then take them out in future years? So if this is permanent, The advantage for us in fantasy is it is going to thin out or it's going to spread out and even out the talent pool across both leagues. It's going to strengthen things like AL and NL only leagues, I think. It's going to be to those benefits, but we're not going to see the league switchers all that often. I think we're going to see fewer of those trades this year and in future years, more teams in the race, better quality teams. Maybe tanking is a lot less appealing now.
0: I would think it is. I mean, obviously, it's different for Baltimore and Seattle right now, but I, I don't think Detroit and Miami should definitely tank. So I think, I think they have a shot here to win, I don't want to say half their games, but I don't think it's going to take half your games necessarily. And by the way, I don't hate this because now the Phillies have a shot at the playoffs. And I, I didn't <laughs> think they had a shot.
1: You really don't hate this?
0: No. I, I What I hate about it is that they announced it only yeah. three hours before the season started. If they had told me this last week, I wouldn't have hated it as much. I don't hate it at all. I think it's interesting. It's just – Eric Thames is walking to first base after a walk like he's got a broken leg. That's weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> now He's not going to steal any bases anyway. But yeah. Kyle, what do you think? Do you like this? I Your team is what? The Cardinals, right? Or something like that. Hey, yeah, he's yeah, wearing a Cardinals shirt.
2: I'm, I think it's weird to put that many teams in the playoffs. I think that's going to be weird. I think it's nice for fantasy. Like you said, more teams, more competition. That part of it, I think the optics of the game will be good. But do you devalue the – Regular season, like, for a guy like Kershaw and the Dodgers, if this was 162, they're going to the playoffs anyway. Why does he make more than 23 starts, even if he's healthy? Well,
1: the the thing is, for a future year, is there's no incentive now for being in first place, because the structure is it's three playoff games in the first series, three, where one plays eight, and the only advantage is you're all at home. That's not enough of an advantage. I'm sorry. It's not.
2: I agree. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, I, I let's be clear. I think all three of us do truly hate this. This from a year-over-year perspective, just like I hate the extra inning thing. But if you're going to do it in any year, do it this year. It's going to show that it's a bad idea. And then I hope we.
0: No, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. I hate that they announced it when they did, and I don't really hate the second base thing either. No, I, I, we don't I. don't
1: agree. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the us well, has started, Eric. And Toronto still doesn't have a place to play. Like, yeah, we're, we're making this up as we go here. That's the They're thing. Not,
1: do it they're, this year. See how it goes. Make it a testing ground.
2: Yeah, but they're not going to do that.
0: They're going to just run with it. So I, you know, like I, I, I want to say this in the proper way, but when it comes to baseball, I'm a little bit dead inside to some of the changes that they've made. Like I just don't care that much. I just want to see baseball. I'm so desperate to see actual baseball that if you know if that means that you know all these teams make the playoffs, that's okay with me. Now, if it means that. That Terrence Gore has value, even though he has more stolen bases and runs scored than plate appearances. All right, so be it. They're trying something new. I, I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. You know, I just I don't like I don't like announcing it as late as they did.
1: I'm just I'm really surprised you're that you have a future-minded okayness with it. And you're right; they should this. I'm I'm very surprised they didn't announce this when they came up with the whole plan for 2020 in June.
0: Well, anyway, it's here to stay, and um, you know maybe now the Phillies can make the playoffs with a sub five hundred record or something like that. So this podcast is not exactly what we thought it was going to be. Um, so we're watching baseball. Struble Cabrera is at the plate right now.
1: I what? I just remembered that if we're talking playoffs, I have some trivia for you guys.
0: Oh, sing it! Bring it up. You,
1: you got to bring some trivia, trivia, trivia that Eric certainly won't know. <laughs>
2: You are so consistent with your cadence for that. Like that sounds just like the drop.
0: I, I don't think if we, if, like, frankly, if you ever get back to the office and we can do drops, I don't think we should use that one. I think actually. we should use Tristan.
1: All right, cool. I that, you thank you. For that. I, I have, I, now, now I've got pressure on me. Um, <laughs> all right. Where we're actually we? we're at the actual question. Okay. So with this playoff thing in mind, I went back and I looked and found that four World Series champions won fewer than 55% of their regular season games. So a winning percentage beneath 550. And I would like you to name them.
0: I know. I think I know a couple right off the bat. Um, Well, that Cardinal team in 06.
1: The Cardinals team in 06 had the worst winning percentage in history of a World Series champion. They were like
0: 83 and 79, weren't they?
1: 83 and 78.
0: Yeah, that Mets team, the 69 Mets.
1: They are not on the list. Incorrect.
0: Um, one of the Twins teams, right? That won the World Series? Which one? What was that, 87?
1: 1987 Twins were second worst at 525. Your
0: recall
2: is freaking amazing. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember your birthday, but I know when the Twins won the World Series. <laughs> That's because that was before my birthday, Eric. It's <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah,
1: I think it was before his birthday. These were all before his birthday, clearly.
0: Not 06. <laughs> all right, so I thought you were born last week, Kyle. Come on, oh, you know, you know. I had to get training wheels. So yeah. that's two of the four. But after that, I'm a little bit hazy. Um, yeah.
1: so there's a 540 winner, winning percentage team, and there's a 543.
0: It wasn't. A, it wasn't one of the Marlins teams. No. All right, so this is a long, long time
2: ago, right? Give them the years. If I'll I, know
1: it. If I give him the years, that's the answer. Yeah, I would oh, know
2: 15. it then. Give me the decade.
1: There's one from the zeros and one from this past decade, the tens. Really? The zeros and the tens. Depending on what you define as the decades, of course. I, I, have, I quibble a little.
2: I feel like uh, that means there's a 2010 one in there. <laughs> Who won in 2010? Um, well,
0: I mean, 2010 was, was that Giants team. So, oh, actually, there was a Giants, Giants wildcard team that probably is one of these answers.
1: Do you remember which one?
0: Well, they won in what? 10, 12, 14, right?
1: Right, so which so, one?
0: Even your team. Um, I'll say it's the 14 team, the one that beat Kansas City, because that was a terrible World Series.
1: You are correct. They had a 543. They're the fourth worst to ever win. The- I mean,
0: it wasn't a terrible World Series. It went to Game 7, and Bumgarner had a pitch in relief on a day's rest. So it was actually a decent World Series, but it was like – I'm watching two teams that probably didn't deserve to be there. And you know, I I'm, pro- I'm sure that's an unfair thing to say, but I don't care. Um All right, so I got the, Car- the Cardinals team. Um so there's another one from the thousands?
1: From the zeros. And this team was positively dreadful. In This is society. your Yankee
0: team. This is this my is Yankee your- team. This is your Yankee team of of 2000, isn't it?
1: Correct. 540 winning percentage of the 2000 Yankees. Nicely done.
0: How did they win the World Series?
1: Actually, that was a very good team. They just fell apart in September.
0: Was that the Subway Series? Yes. Yeah, well, that's why. Because they beat, you know, Clemens hit Piazza. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? That- he
1: technically did not hit Piazza. He just nearly hit him with a piece of equipment that you shouldn't be hitting another individual with. <laughs>
0: Right, he could have been arrested for that. Um, anyway, that's a good trivia question. That's I, I hadn't, I'd forgotten about the Yankee team. But I should have gotten the Giants one. The other two were easy. I thought that Mets team, that Mets team couldn't have won a lot of games in in '69.
1: I, I actually don't have them anywhere near on this list. The '73 Mets that made the World oh, Series that's, were, that's
0: what I'm thinking.
1: Were a 509 team. By the way, the '81 Royals made the playoffs with a 485.
0: That '69 Mets team was actually really good. It was a '73 team I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, the one seventy-three Mets team like barely won half their games. They were like eighty-one and eighty-two and eighty or something.
1: Willie Mays at the end of his career. Yeah, they played the A's and well, you know that A's team, that that dynasty.
0: <laughs> um. Okay. So, and it, nothing happened in this game. So we were what two innings in? Is there anything happened that so far they think is interesting or that that's odd or no? Well, you're
2: selling high twenty minutes into the season. <laughs> so, yeah. If so, I met two, him, yeah.
0: <laughs> two innings are down. Uh, Scherzer, basically, he's looked pretty good, other than the fact that Stan hit one 800 feet. But he has four strikeouts over two innings. Cole looks fine, except for the Adam Eaton moonshot. Two strikeouts over two innings. Um, I've been looking at the velocity on the pitches. They look fine. Yep. Um, nothing odd here. Um, no area walk. So not a whole lot to discuss other than the, the big moonshot home runs. Oh, Thames got hit by the pitch. Yeah, that's probably why. Okay. Um, he didn't mm-hmm. walk.
1: That would explain it.
0: <laughs> so it must have hurt. Uh, do we have any? Uh, any? Uh, go ahead. Yes.
1: The, the the velocities takeaway, I think, was a key one. I've been wondering about that as well. And they don't they don't look like a concern to me.
0: So I mean, I you know, there's going to be the the amount of news that is happening in an, in, a, in a normal afternoon is unbelievable, even for baseball. Yeah. So I'm thinking that by Monday's show, we're going to have a million things to discuss, not just viruses and injuries, but man.
1: Can I throw one more at you? Since we mentioned the interest, we didn't bring up the Cole Hamels going on the 45-day IL.
0: You know, I wrote in my bold column on Wednesday that he, he does not throw a, a pitch this year. And now I believe it. That was written before that. You're looking actually, pretty good there. I let him go. And, and I you. I texted you more today about Cole Hamels as a keeper in one of my <laughs> yeah. I'm embarrassed that I did so. But, you know, you like, right, Kyle – You'll understand this, I think. Maybe you will Try me. Try Give me. a heart. So I'm loyal. I, I'm, I'm too loyal when it comes to certain players. Oh, my God, I could not agree more. And Cole Hamels, you know, I loved him when he was a Philly. And I don't think he has any fantasy value anymore. But this is kind of a weird setup league. And I could have made a case to, to keep him another year. And I thought, no, that's enough. I, he's like, uh, anyway, I lo- loyalty.
2: Is there a place for loyalty? There is, but I think it's good to have a friend like Tristan that can talk you off of the loyalty. No, exactly. he told me to make room for him. He actually said, no. "Like,
0: yeah,
1: I did
2: make room." Got for more loyalty him. to you then.
1: I actually did try to that's make the case the, to keep him.
0: That's the headline: is that he has no loyalty to me.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> By the way, um, this is this is the league in which I had Mark Tischera for the entirety of his league career.
0: Did you really? I did. So Cole Hamels is my winningest pitcher on this team. It's a sim league, but like Travis Wood is third. So like it's not like that, you know. Um, we
1: very loyal to Travis Wood for a very long time.
0: He did me straight. Uh, okay, uh, what else do we need to get to? Any, any? Uh, do we need to do some like uh, hash browns here? Because we're sure. We're so we're gonna do three innings. I just decided. And we're in the top of the third right now. <laughs> so okay, go I mean, it. we can cut it short. I mean, it's up to you guys. No, I mean,
1: and Kyle's got his DFS if we need
0: stuff. Oh yeah, we got to do DFS for a Friday.
2: So yeah. we've got a few hash browns, though, if you don't mind. Yes, go ahead. Thomas wants to know if there's any value in Casey Mize this season. See, I took Matt Manning in a draft this week because I think that Mize
0: and Manning will debut in August, and maybe not because Detroit thinks they can win, but. You know, Detroit might need them, too. Like, they don't have enough starting pitchers and maybe screwball as well. So I'm going to say, yes, there's value in my, but not in an ESPN standard. It has to be a deep league, deep league.
1: What I wonder with those two is, do the Tigers look at this as an opportunity to get them experience for next year, knowing they could be fringe contenders then? Because I agree. I think we could see them this season. I think we could see them for about half the year.
0: I mean, like, Monday's show, we're going to be talking about all these starting pitchers and Dylan Carlson that are going to be debuting Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. Nate Pearson is going to be, I think, Toronto's starting pitcher next Wednesday. And I hope Spencer Howard is for the Phillies.
1: And the one who was going to be, but then they had to use him because the Royals have run out of pitchers and Brady Singer pitching the game, too.
0: <laughs> now, you wouldn't use him in a fantasy league, would you?
1: No, but I'd stash him in an AL only. It's dynasty leagues. I mean, obviously, but I gotta you know. tell you, I did
0: this draft this week, and with no, I took over a team, and with no hope of winning this season, I opted out of paying. Like a third of the league opted out of paying any any uh, fee, and what that means is, if we win any money, we don't get to take it. Uh, so, uh, and I decided to actually build for one, just for this year. This team is built to win. I think in twenty twenty one, but. It was kind of fun doing a draft where I didn't have to worry about trying to win right now. I can't remember the last time I'd done it in a sim or a fantasy league. Now, I'm not bragging. I don't win. I, I contend in a lot of leagues. But this was kind of fun to actually take Spencer Howard. And I took Nate Pearson. And I was like, you know what? I don't care if they pitch anytime soon. I just want them for 2021. And I also took your boy, Clark Schmidt. So I have all three of these guys. And I can keep all three of them in this league for next year. I love it.
1: Nice. Can't fault that, especially if you—it's a no-entry league for you.
0: It is for this year, um, but I—I I can't see some of this stuff happening, like with daily virus alerts and injuries we never knew about because the reporters can't get to them and take the fantasy. As I look, I love fantasy baseball, I love baseball, but I can't take it as seriously as in a full season. This is crazy, craziness. All right. Anyway, what other hash browns we got?
2: We've got one from PR with the Blue Jays being moved around everywhere. He wants to know exactly what goes into determining Park Factor. Oh, that's all you,
0: Tris.
1: (laughs) Todd Zola is the master of this one, but I've studied this for quite a while as well. Uh, And I use the similar method that we do on our Park Factor pages on ESPN. So you can find single-year numbers. What we do is we take the entirety of a team's and their opponent's stats in home games, and then we divide them by their totals in road games. And a park factor of exactly one is considered neutral. That means there's no effect either way, depending on where you're playing. If it's over one, it's a hitting-friendly ballpark. If it is under one, it is a pitching-friendly ballpark. My recommendation to you on these is do not use the one-years, do multi-years. I use three-years for the forecaster. Todd does as well for the projections.
0: So what are you going to do when we're talking about this in February for the new Globe Life, which is the same name as the old one, but a new ballpark, And what are you going to do about Rogers Center? Because you're not going to have have any games in Rogers Center this season.
1: Yeah, and I actually do split out the park factors when teams change the fences. So this is also going to bring in Marlins Park. It's going to bring in Oracle Park for the Giants. Those are going to be one-year park factors off the 60 games. They have to be. It's going to have to be that for global life Field, and I'm going to have to just cite to people that these are based on a small sample. I'm not entirely invested in them, and I might make some manual adjustments for the forecaster next season. Otherwise, Todd and I have been discussing this a lot. We're thinking about just throwing this year out and going with 2017 to 19, but those are the couple where we'd make the exceptions.
0: I just killed a spider crawling on my leg.
2: Ew,
0: oh, kill okay. spiders? Let them outside. Oh, I can't do that. I'm hosting a podcast right now. Sorry. We'd forgive you. Uh, How do you, you
2: just pick up a spider to let them outside,
1: Tristan? I see. I'll do that a lot. I'll let, I'll let them out from the window up here. I'll just. They don't come I, back. I don't really care if they come back. They don't bother me. They bother my daughter. Drive. They, oh, they freak her out like nobody's. Yeah, no. All
0: right. So Aaron Judge just did something good. Uh, double into the corner, and the Yankees have another run. Judge looks locked in. Right. He he he. His first two at bats.
1: Judge and Stan looked very good in the brief times in the inner squads too. The inner squads and then the games against the Mets and
0: so Tyler Wade drew the walk and then scored the run. Um, the aforementioned Tyler Wade. So we're probably not going to be able to go three full innings here. Um, we might. Right?
1: We could do the DFS, Kyle. Right? It's
2: going to be this is longer than our sh- any show we've had in the last couple of weeks. Your call. Your call. I could post the lineup regardless. We could post all three of our lineups and see who does better. Um. Let's talk DFS for Friday. You want is that,
0: that's what you wanted to do because obviously Thursday's already happened. Um, so you want to name a couple of players that you think are interested. We haven't seen any lineups yet. So the way I do DFS is probably different than you. I generally wait until I see the lineups. I agree, but you don't tell us how you tell
2: us. Give us a primer on DFS. No, I would. I wouldn't always wait. I wouldn't fill out a full lineup unless you're doing a podcast the night before and need to have it for content. But. um yeah, I mean, generally, because you want people hitting in the top half of the lineup. Obviously, you're chasing volume, you're chasing at-bats, you're chasing opportunities. It's a little tough for like Friday because you've got all the aces, quote-unquote aces going. I mean, not all teams have aces. But you want to you want to exploit handedness, you want to exploit at-bat counts and PAs and stuff like that. So it's tough. I, I, we did DraftKings, so it's two starting pitchers, so you've got a lot of value there, especially early in this season. If you can get a win... That's a lot of points, and you rack up the strikeouts and innings along the way. So I, I focused on pitchers and just went stacks under that. So I'm looking at the available pitchers
0: for Friday here, and I don't have the, the, the numbers for salaries for DFS. But, man, Sonny Gray against that Detroit lineup looks good. He has to look good, um, right? And I, I would assume that Ross Stripling is not that expensive.
1: We don't so, Kyle. For the one that I think we set up, we don't have Gray in there because he has an earlier than seven.
2: Earlier game. You
1: know what his price is? Have you looked? I can call up. No, I can look right now. Let me look.
2: I
0: mean, stripling against this Giants lineup has to be an easy one. He's
1: one of the cheaper ones. Yeah, actually, the ones who came in as cheap, solid guys were Evaldi, home against Baltimore is at seventy one hundred. Musgrove at St. Louis, I think, is a kind of a sleeper with the ballpark uh, option at sixty nine hundred. Um. Alcantara against some terrible team on the road. I, I don't even know what team that is. They must be really bad, though. He's <laughs> 6,800.
0: I'm going to take Shed Long against Verlander. That's a home run waiting to happen.
1: I'm totally messing with Eric here, and he just missed it.
0: What'd you <laughs> head. Wait, what what you, what'd you say? What did
1: you say? Stripling at 7,900. I said, Alcantara, he's facing some terrible team I've never heard of before.
0: I, oh, well, you know what? You know why I didn't – because I think you – I don't think you're right, but <laughs> – <laughs>
1: You want to go with a against the grain guy, though. You're you're who is cheap. You might want him. You might want Evaldi. You might want Stripling.
0: Also, by the way, it's supposed to rain in the Northeast on Friday, so that's something to consider as well. Although, I don't know, Sandy Alcantara, man. The projections on him are not what I expected. I understand he didn't have the best K rate, but I kind of th- I kind of like Alcantara. I think he's going to be a durable guy. Maybe not a strikeout per inning guy, but gets no, but I. For-
2: Go ahead. I, I wouldn't use him against the Phillies. I, I don't think that's a good, smart play. right well, it's the Phillies it. and the Orioles to open a season. So even in season long, like if you don't buy him, he could have two good starts to open the year. I mean, you got to use Boston hitters against Tommy Malone, the soft-tossing lefty of the Orioles.
0: That's just awful.
1: Now the, I want to ask you, Kyle, you give me your perspective. When you're looking at a stack and there's something so obvious as that, aren't they going to be highly owned? Do you Do you go that direction?
2: Yeah, I mean it depends the kind of contest you're entering. Obviously, I mean, if you're joining some contest and trying to win a million dollars, and that's you've got to be different in some spots. But generally, I'm not playing those kind of contests, so I don't mind going highly rostered players in that kind of spot. Like I've got a, I went with a couple Padres and a couple Astros. I don't think that's going to be unique, but but like against Tommy Malone.
0: Like, you can't make the case for going for Red Sox that are going to bat 8th or ninth in the order. I mean, like, Jackie Bradley
2: Jr. is probably batting ninth. You can't use him or Jose Peraza, right? I mean, if you want to be different, maybe, if you think they're just going to score a ton of runs and turn over the lineup a bunch, but no, I wouldn't. If, if a guy bats lower than 6th, I don't think I'm even trying it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm going I'm going straight to guys like Bogarts. I'm probably going to take two Red Sox, a high price to medium price, and then go to another team.
2: Yeah, so you guys post... Put together your lineup, email it to me, we'll tweet it out with the show, we'll see who does better. All right,
0: I uh, yeah, I will do that for Friday night, okay. Yep. That's fair. Um, all right, so the Yankees are out in, the, in their half of the third, so we might as well just stick and see the Garrett Cole get through. So it's 3-1 now, they got another run, and I missed how it happened.
1: That was the judge uh, double.
0: Oh, right, because Stan hit a two-run homer, okay. Um, I'm in space.
1: It's tough uh, to do this and watch the game and do that at the same time. I I, I struggle with it.
0: <laughs> so Scherzer has six strikeouts among his nine outs, but he's also given up some pretty hard contact here. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I would need to see three outings of, of hard contact to, before I worry. Are you worried? Or is it just uh, – to me, it's the smallest sample size possible.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not worried based on the lineup he's facing. I'd expect this from a lineup like this. And – all it raises the flag to me is what we talked about last year, the homer, you know, the gopheritis he he had. There's so, a period for that.
0: I'll say this about Victor Robles batting ninth. I spent way too much money on him in El labor if he's batting ninth. Like, I, I, and who was it? I mean, people were telling me he doesn't make enough hard contact and it's all about the stolen bases and I understand all that. But if Victor Robles is batting ninth, I mean, he's not going to steal enough bases, I don't think, to be worth what I paid for him. Do you like Victor Robles or is that – I mean, obviously, Garrett Coles is overpowering him right now. But what do you think?
1: I like him considerably less batting ninth. I mean, for the course of 162 game a 162-game year, that's a 100-plus plate appearances difference. I mean, in 60 games, what would that be then? 40? 40, 40 or so PA difference?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously just – yeah, he struck out. I mean, I, I could have called that one before – it. I did call it before it happened. Um. Yeah. I if I'm drafting this weekend, I think I'm moving like Robles down in my rankings. The other direction, not a good, not in a good way. Mm-hmm. And, and Harry Kendrick just keeps moving up in my rankings. I think he's going back cleanup every day.
1: You love him. He, you really love it. What's the earliest you'd possibly take him?
0: Round ten. Wow. I mean, like, let me put it to you this way, okay? For people who think I'm a homer, and I don't think anybody does, actually. Why would you take Reese Hoskins over Howie Kendrick? Like, I'm serious. Why would you do that? I am want to see where you have Reese Hoskins ranked.
1: Definitely okay. over Howie Kendrick.
0: I'm sure you do. And you're wrong. And here's why. I think you're going to get, you could get 100 points of batting average on Kendrick and the same power. I'm serious. You have Howie Kendrick 215 and you have Reese Hoskins 84. That's just ridiculous. I have Hoskins probably 110 and Howie Kendrick 120. And I'm thinking of switching that. Explain to me what you're not seeing on Howie Kendrick here.
1: Uh, In the past 26 months, he's made three trips to the disabled list.
0: Okay, well, that's a factor, but he also doesn't have to play the field at all. Which I think does matter in this case.
1: There have been plenty of cases of DH guys like this who have injured themselves one way or another when batting. And, and what
0: are you seeing in Reese Hoskins? I'm seeing a potential 230 batting average.
1: I, I don't think you're forgiving him enough for the fact he played through an injury and ruined his stats late. He was dreadful the final month plus.
0: I, you know, he was dreadful for the final two and a half months plus.
1: When did he get the injury? August 10th. After that point, he was unplayable.
0: Yeah, he was, but, but he was look, kind of he was kind of slumping before that too. But oh, the we have one is... If-
1: if I yeah. had the promise that he was going to play 55 games this year as the DH, I agree with you. I, I see what you're seeing.
0: That's my point. Oh well, I think Washington will play in 55 games. You're saying he won't be able to, and Eric has to use the corollary he's using on Stanton and Judge and Cespedes. I, I don't I I don't Kendrick, I don't think Kendrick, Kendrick that way.
1: He's he, go back go backwards. 121, 40, 91, 146, 117 games. Stop
0: making sense.
1: <laughs> I I have like three shares. I have like three shares. I'm with you. I like the guy. It's a great role for him.
0: I think this is a perfect role for him. I'm just saying that between Kendrick and Reese Hoskins, I'm getting close to like flip a coin. I really am. So anyway.
1: And I'm I'll I'll hear you out there. I really will. But I think Hoskins deserves a little bit of a break. That's all.
0: I, I'll grant you that. Look, if Hoskins has a big weekend, you know, I, I still need to see more than Miami pitching, but I, I'll grant you that Hoskins should be a lot better than this. His plate discipline is, is is fantastic. He should be the right-handed Carlos Santana. He should be hitting 250, power, and walks, but he didn't that's, do that last year. so That's a good not really a a feet of Feet-in-my-pants comp that's right a, there. That's
1: a good target. He should hit for more power. It's a little more power, a little less batting average. But I like I like – you're saying that outcome, the, the the offensive war. I agree with you.
0: All right. So um, as we wrap up here, is there anything else that we didn't get to on the Thursday morning show or on the Thursday night show that we should be talking about for people that are drafting this week? And we maybe did not do that enough on the Thursday morning show um, because Adam Eaton just made the third out. So anything else we should mention if you're drafting at the last minute? I would say don't even, don't even look at your rankings. Like, just do whatever you want, because the rankings don't even matter right now. Anybody can get the virus. Anybody could hurt themselves. If you really want Howie Kendrick in round 10, just do it.
1: I like that thinking. I do. I, and I've been much more flexible in my drafts these uh, this year. And if you do have a draft that's after opening day, the other reminder is, while we're reacting to some of the stuff in this game Don't be that reactionary. There's a reason that you came up with a plan in the first place. Go with the plan you had yesterday. It's pretty smart. Well,
0: don't drop. Like, nobody's going to drop Max Scherzer. But don't do anything that you shouldn't do. But if you're drafting and you want to take some chances, take some chances. You want to take Nate Pearson in round 12 over Lance Lynn? Go ahead. Honestly. Because I think Nate Pearson could be great. I,
1: I think to your point about that the lineups themselves tell a greater story than what we have seen in terms of the outcomes.
0: And I'm moving Jock Peterson way down in my rankings if he's not batting in the top six. You or you, seven. Buy,
1: you buy that day over day? I don't buy it.
0: I don't. Um, I, don't. I don't buy it. But the fact that Muncie's leading off and not Peterson, not, which I agree with, he walks a ton and he can handle a lefty if he has to, as opposed to Peterson. That's interesting. You know, I'm and sure. he, like in some of my sim leagues, I I'm, I'm I I avoid batting a platoon player first or second knowing that I might have to pinch hit in the middle or the late innings. So maybe that's what Dave Roberts is thinking with Jock Peterson there. Especially if Enrique Hernandez is already in the lineup at second base.
1: I am very curious whether he's doing something not so wise, and that is going with a career history. Okay, Muncy's one for two against Johnny Cueto, so maybe not. <laughs>
0: no, I don't think that.
1: Though. Oh, Oh, but there is this. Jock Peterson is two for 20 with seven strikeouts in his career against Cueto, and I really hope that's not why he did it.
0: That doesn't. uh, I hope managers are smarter than that. But
2: he's been the World Series, and I haven't. Kyle, any final thoughts here? No, I think that batter versus pitcher point from Tristan was important as far as DFS or really anything when you're making lineup decisions. Do you even look at that? It's it's garbage. It's so much. Do you do you look at at batter matchups against specific batter versus pitcher? No. Not a hundred
1: years. It would have to be so extreme. We're talking about Goldschmidt against Linskum. I mentioned that one. Where, where Goldschmidt had something like yeah. six homers and ten plate
0: appearances. Oh, he, he faced him a lot more than that. But yes, I mean he had enough of a, of enough like at bats against him where it made sense. But I mean, I don't care if Gene Segura has done well against Sandy Alcantara. I don't care because it can't be enough at bats to matter.
1: Do you do Kyle? Do you do uh? pitch comps guys who hit fastballs versus breaking stuff
2: that i would consider similar repertoire stuff like that because you're going to see enough fastballs or you're going to see enough off-speed guys over the course of time to to make a difference but against one single pitcher an isolated event like that like no thanks i'll pass
0: we are done. Thank you so much for listening to the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. We really do appreciate it. We did a special one today just for you to listen to on Friday or Saturday. And we hope you enjoyed it. And maybe we'll do more of this in the future. But for now, we are on Monday, Thursday show. And uh, it's the three musketeers here, Kyle, Tristan, and Eric, and uh, and Davey on, uh, on Mondays. Uh, and uh, look, uh, we'll have a lot of content coming next week. Uh, I'll be writing. I think Monday through Thursday. Tristan will have his forecaster and other things every and, day. Uh, you're oh, you're doing the forecaster update every day. Great, every even, day, even better. So we're we're here with you for the duration of this fantasy baseball season, and we do hope it goes into October and they build, and they
2: they con- the, the Phillies win their World Championship. That would be awesome. I would love that very much if they get through the entire season. He doesn't so, speak for all of us when he says we hope the Phillies win the World Series. I just want that to be very very clear. <laughs> Uh, Maybe it was, um, but that's all we have for
0: now. Thank you so much for listening, and please have an awesome weekend.